Welcome to episode number 67 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And we welcome in Pirates pitcher Stephen Brault, who is now back home safely in San Diego. But he doesn't have anything that actually belongs to him with him right now. That includes his car, his computer, or anything else meaningful to him over the next several months. Did I pretty much get it all? Uh, yeah, yeah, you nailed it. This is a uh, this is like the moving in period for me. All I have is a suitcase of clothes um, and a dream. You know what I mean? A dream of the off season, watching playoff baseball. That's what I'm. That's what I'm doing. Uh, I haven't even unpacked my suitcase. It's like I don't even live here. It's like I'm staying in a hotel. It's a, I don't know. It takes a while to get packed into the swing of things in the off season. All right. So just real quickly before we break down the NLDS, and this is a special. National League Divisional Series preview edition with Stephen Brault. Um, just tell us how the season wraps up for a ball player. What do you do? Do you have exit meetings? Do you, and then what? Yeah, you have, uh, so I think it's different per team, uh, what each team does. Our team does like each player has an exit meeting with the GM and manager, kind of talk about the year, um, what you're going to be working on going into the offseason, that kind of stuff, where you're going to be. Um, and after you do that, yeah, it's just kind of like, all right, see you later. You know, for me, it's, you know, go get healthy and go get strong and get ready for next year. You know, it's, it's weird because you have like such a regimented schedule for, you know, basically like eight months. And then you have these four months of like, well, you know, figure it out. It's, it's very, it's very different, but obviously really nice. Um, I do love watching playoff baseball. So I watch, I watch all the games. I've, Watched the last two games, both really good. So I'm excited. Okay. Then, I mean, how the heck do you fly from Pittsburgh to San Diego? You have to stop over somewhere. There's nowhere between those two airports. There's a direct flight. No, there's not. There's, uh, you, I mean, different places. This time I stopped in Chicago, but I was only there for, you know, as soon as I got off my plane, I had to walk like 15 minutes because that airport is massive to get to uh, my gate and just went right on the plane. So I didn't really have any time to stop or anything. Um, that Chicago airport is too much, man. I, I cannot, like I, we landed in F and I had to go to F. B. Yeah, F, there's F terminal. There's that many terminals. It's insane. O'Hare is oh. massive. Yeah. So it's like literally think- like a 15 minute walk. There's no tram. No, I know. I know you're going to get your cardio in. You're going to get your steps in. I didn't. Yeah, no I, I don't think I've, I've flown through Chicago countless times. I don't ever remember landing in F. I'm usually yeah, like yeah. a C, C or B guy, and I always have to connect to the other one. So you got to take yeah, the escalator was, down, walk mm-hmm. over. This yeah, was the United Express flight. They're like the the small planes, you know. Oh, they just have like yeah. one on one side and then two seats on the other side and one aisle down the middle. Um, it's a quick flight. It was Express. But yeah, it was, it was weird. Um, so apparently we get, we get tossed into the F side. It's okay. Okay. Um, all right. So now it's, it's good to be home. And, and so what do you do like health wise, since you're coming off an injury, are you seeing, are you in therapy? What, what do we do? Yeah. Uh, so uh, basically for these first like two weeks is kind of let your body relax a little bit, do some, you know, yoga and do some running or whatever you like to do for cardio. Um, do that kind of stuff for a little while, just kind of let your body chill. And then I start my, so I'm doing physical therapy and strength training, uh, with a guy out here in San Diego that I got set up with. 
through one of our trainers with the pirates and um, we start in, you know, a week or whatever. And it's going to be, it's gonna be cool. It's going to be different because it's a mix of physical therapy and, you know, strength conditioning and everything. So uh, I don't know, man, it's weird. I feel like it's always different for everybody. I've never been a baseball gym kind of guy. You know, there's like gyms that are specifically for baseball players that go and it's all, you're all around baseball guys. And I love baseball guys, but I kind of need a break from them. You know, I see them every day for eight months. So it's nice to kind of get away a little bit, see my own friends for a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, I assume this is okay. I've always wanted this. Here's a question for you. When you go into the off season, like when, when you were doing intentional talk, when you're doing this now, obviously you have the playoffs where you have like big things to talk about, but then once the season ends, what do people in media do? You just like make shit up to, to talk about. I, I don't get it. Well, there are, it's a great question. There are some tentpole times around baseball, right? It's the free agency period. Like who's going to become a free agent. There are guys like we talked about it with, with your buddy, Trevor Williams last year, a guy who got non-tendered. There's always some big names who get non-tendered. There's guys who get traded very quickly. There's managerial openings. There's GM openings, all that sort of stuff. Now in the off season, like we're going to end up doing it. People say, well, what are we doing on the Rose rotation? We're going to go down to once a week. So I'll be seeing you every six to eight weeks or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, okay? that makes sense. Yeah. Because it, I mean, just think about how much there really is that that's the thing is that there's only so much to talk about. There is stuff mm -hmm. to talk about, but there's no, like, you can't just like break down games and talk about all these different players doing different things, you know? No, but what you can do, like uh, Ploof and I are going to continue with baseball today, which is that the show that we do on Instagram. And then we put it out on our YouTube channel and other social media outlets. And we do that every day during the season, during the playoffs. We're going to shrink that down to probably two to three days a week, but there will be plenty to talk about. Like we can talk about on a given day. If there's not any news, we could just focus on a team and ask five questions about the team moving forward. And right. people still want to consume that sort of stuff. So there's always stuff to talk about in the baseball world. It's always stuff to talk about sports, 24 hour sports networks. I mean, wow. 24 hour sports networks. I, what was it? Uh, what was the first station that did 24 hour news? Because that was a big deal when it happened. I, I, I remember CNN? reading about that. Was it saying, uh, yeah, probably something, probably. But like just the idea that that was, that is so normal to me growing up. But there was a time when that like didn't happen. You just didn't know what was going on in the world until you got your morning newspaper. That's wild. So two quick things. I was watching the day that CNN, that uh, ESPN started. I think it was like September 7th of 1979. It came on, and I remember sitting there with my brother and my parents, and we were flipping around. We were like, this is amazing. They're going to be talking about sports 24 hours a day. You know, and like <laughs> back then, they were talking about like lumberjack festivals and just some crazy shit back in the day. Yeah. And then the other thing about CNN, I interned there in between my junior and senior years in college, and it was a nine-week summer internship. And that's when I realized I really wanted to like be in front of the camera for broadcasting. And one day I hopped on the international, the CNN international set on a Sunday morning. This is as an intern. I went into the makeup room when I shouldn't have. I got all the tapes. I wrote my own scripts and I did a, a resume reel, like a fake broadcast that I wanted to put out. And the head of the intern department called me in the next day. He's like, did you hop up on the set? I was like, yeah. He goes, don't ever fucking do that again or you're going to be fired. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> 
So, you know. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't, this impressive. isn't a movie. He didn't appreciate the, the aggressive move. Oh, no. that's too bad. It's too bad when life doesn't imitate art, you know? I know. I know. Like, it would, it would have been great if somebody had seen my tape, like, had been walking through the control room, one of the executives, and been like, who is that? That is we the need quality that. that I want now. And then you have a CNN anchor job immediately. Right. Well, that's oddly enough, four years later, I was hired as an anchor at CNN Sports Illustrated. Well, there so you go. Sounds like it works. Yeah. yeah. They still had that All video. Right. I do. In fact, I've been cleaning out my garage recently and I found my old CNN tapes. I can't play them because they're on, you know, recording devices that don't exist anymore. So I'm going to have to have them transferred over somehow. I don't know how that's going to work, but I got to figure it out. <laughs> you have to. Oh, I have to. It's classic stuff. And I'll show it to all you guys. It's great. We will be right back to the Chris Rose rotation. But first, can we... Talk about free money, specifically from DraftKings. You guys have heard us talking about it all across John Boy Media. We've been winning a lot of baseball bets. Poppy's been winning a lot of football bets. And guess what? I bet I could give you a bet you could win at the DraftKings Sportsbook. What if I told you you could place a $1 bet on any NFL game and win $100 if that team scores a point, if either Team scores a point There hasn't been a 0-0 tie In the NFL since 1943 So you place your bet At DraftKings Sportsbook On a game <laughs> A game And either team scores You get $100 in free bets If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available In your state yet Guess what, they still have their daily fantasy sports contest With huge cash prizes Go check that out And guess what, it's probably coming soon it's probably coming soon. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE. Throw down a $1 bet on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code ROSE. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah. All right, so since you are such a huge baseball fan, I thought you were the perfect guy to break down the two series in the LDS, the NLDS. Let's start with a big one that I think most people are, are focused on, Giants and Dodgers. Giants win 107 games during the regular season. Dodgers win 106. They have to host the, the mighty St. Louis Cardinals in a one-game playoff, and Chris Taylor hits the walk-off homer to send L.A. out to San Francisco. First blush, when you're just watching as a baseball fan who happens to pitch against these guys for a living, what is the biggest storyline for you going into that series? Uh, I think the biggest storyline for me is the uh, – slowing down of the Dodgers offense uh the slowing down of Dodgers offense combined with Scherzer last night you know he really did fine he didn't do you know he wasn't Scherzer Scherzer but his last two starts going to the playoffs were not good either mm -hmm. um so that worries you a little bit the Dodgers bullpen having to be used a lot luckily they got this day off so that's okay so I was kind of talking about this with a friend of mine and and here's what I think I think that the Giants the way that the Giants played this year of just winning baseball games um, 
and doing it with less strikeouts. They don't have as much power, you know, even though they were, they did lead the league in home runs for a little while. Um, they're like, they're, they're just a different kind of old fashioned style of baseball. You know what I mean? Um, and then we've got a team like the Dodgers. That's just hundred percent dependent on these big names coming through. Um, and so it's interesting to see that it's kind of, you know, it's a David versus Goliath, except that the David is actually the better team by one game in the regular season. It's interesting. Um, but I think that for me, I, I thought that if the Cardinals won that game, I thought they had no chance against the Giants because of the way the Giants play and the way the Cardinals play is pretty similar and the Giants were just better at it. Um, I think that it's going to be different when it comes to the Dodgers because it's – I. I just have a hard time seeing anybody beat the Dodgers in a, in at least a five game set um, beating them three games before they can beat you three games. It seems tough to me just overall with that team. But so my, sorry. So all that to say my storyline is the most important thing is if the Dodgers pitching will be able to keep the giants from manufacturing runs throughout games, they're going to give up some runs of course, but what the giants do really well is scoring throughout the game. And you have to be able to stop that. So the Dodgers can have their four run inning and that'll be good enough. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll see. It's interesting to me. Well, it's so interesting because the Giants actually did lead the National League in homers this year, which is yeah. shocking. I mean, it's shocking because you look at that lineup and you're like, but they didn't have a guy hit 30. They didn't have no, one guy hit more than, yeah, right? I mean, Crawford had an amazing bounce back year. Brandon Belt before he banged up his thumb was unbelievable. Uh, you know, Yastrzemski could take a yard. Uh, obviously, Chris Bryant. And I think, yeah, I think Chris Bryant might be the key here. You know, they brought him over to be the final piece. And I, and I actually talked to, we had uh, Yastrzemski on the Rose Rotation as a guest not soon after the trade. And he said, when we heard we got Chris Bryant, we were high-fiving like we were little leaguers. Like, we just got the best kid in the league is what they felt like. And he had a nice immediate impact, but he's just kind of blended in here. This is a, when you face a guy like Chris Bryant, you saw him a ton in your division. He's, yeah. he's elite, isn't he? he? He is. He's, he's elite because he is obviously a power threat, but he's never an easy out. Um, if you just talk about someone in the lineup that you don't want to come up with a runner on third and less than two outs. Like I, it's hard to imagine Chris Bryant not getting that run in. Um, and so, yeah, Chris Bryant is when, especially losing Brandon Belt, Chris Bryant is, I mean, number one, most important by far. It will be interesting to see how the Giants play without Brandon Belt, but they still won games at the end of the season, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think they've shown that what they have this year, the reason they've been good is because their team is extremely consistent. There's no holes in the lineup, and there's no, I mean, they're just, everybody that comes up just has a chance of beating you. And they had, you know, three guys, Crawford, Longoria, and Posey all hit 300. I mean, that's going to help a lot. Um, so, I mean, dude, that's a, just a good team. It's weird because it's just – they're just a really good baseball team overall. So they don't have any glaring weaknesses. But they don't have any glaring strengths either, even though, like you said, they hit the most home runs in the National League. Do you like free stuff? I love free stuff. And I love dugout mugs. So let the two worlds come together as one. Dugout mugs is actually giving away free products all playoffs long. 
All you have to do is film yourself drinking from your dugout mug like this. You post it, you tag them on social media, and you could be entered to win. Now, if you don't have anything from dugout mugs, that's okay as well because they're giving away two great discounts to buy something right now, and then you can enter the giveaway. Dugout Mugs is giving you 30% off all their best products. That includes their brand new metal dugout mugs with the code word rotation. That's the code word rotation. They're also letting you get a knob shot. Where's my knob shot? It's right here. Okay. You can get this for free at dugoutmugs.com slash rotation. All you have to pay is the $8.95 of shipping and handling. They have awesome collections of products from mugs. We've got the wine. We've got the bottle opener, we've got the knob shot. It's all there. It's all made out of baseball bats, and it is the coolest stuff around. So they'll be riding with you throughout the entire playoffs. So make sure you get in on the fun and support Dugout Mugs, okay? Go to dugoutmugs.com, use the code word rotation, get 30% off all their best products, and then do this, social media, tag them, and get free stuff. How much do you, in your opinion, does it help the Giants that they are the underdog, even though they just won a franchise record 107 games? And this is a franchise that was like expansion in the 90s. This has been this is one that's been around since the 80s, as in the 1880s. Right. The New York Giants. Do they call them the New York baseball Giants? Like they call the New York Giants now the New York football Giants. That's a that's a Chris Berman. Hey, the New York football giants. And never, I say, never underestimate the Buffalo Bills. Hey. <laughs> oh, but seriously, does, does that stuff, uh, like, do guys, in your opinion, do you think guys are talking about that in the clubhouse? Like, okay, we get it. Like, everybody's picking the Dodgers to beat us. Or when you're a professional baseball player, is that only a fan thing or does that actually happen? Oh, yeah. I mean, you see it and you're just like, all right. You know, you, you kind of get the, you know, they say like the chip on your shoulder, like go and prove them wrong. But the funny thing to me is I think the Giants all year were just proving people wrong. And, and the whole time nobody's come over to their – I mean, obviously people have. But the media in large never came over to their side. They still don't think that they're actually like the best team in the National League even though they ended up with the most wins and they hit the most homers and they pitched well, like they're just, this is why it's so funny because in the, in the years of analytics nowadays, you want to see the, all the freaks, you know, like Brandon Crawford, Buster Posey, Evan Longoria, like all had really, really good years and you barely heard about them, you know, outside of if you're in San Francisco or you're really paying attention to baseball. Because of the Giants, they're not the Dodgers. But man, that's a good team. It's just a good team. There's no other way to say it. I know, but when we're looking at the teams, Stephen, which team would you pick? I would pick the. the you're always going to pick the Dodgers, the Dodgers, right? You look yeah. at. It. I mean, yeah, so. Dude. But you know, once again, one game separated them. I think the series was ten to nine, San Francisco between the 19 games here's where i think it's amazing with the dodgers right so you you lose scherzer you can't have him until game three of a mm -hmm. five game series there will be no kershaw 
Uh, obviously, we know about the Bauer situation. Dustin May, those were all guys they were going to count on at the beginning of the season to get them through an October run. Yeah. And now, by the way, game one, they're going to start Walker Bueller, and game two, they're going to start the only 20-game winner in baseball in Julio Urias. Like, what a – you're like, geez, are you kidding me? Well, yeah, but, I mean, they brought up a good point last night. Like, would they have even signed Scherzer if their right. all these injuries hadn't happened, you know? Right. If Dustin May was out there having a great year yep. and it, you, it just didn't, it wouldn't have made any sense if Kershaw never got, obviously you couldn't predict Kershaw was going to get hurt, but like there, they didn't need any more starting pitchers at the beginning of the year. It was just like, they had too many. They had six right. guys, seven guys. Urias was in the bullpen in, last year, like in the playoffs. It's just ridiculous. He's an amazing pitcher. So they're clearly okay. Um, but it's funny. Like you think of Bueller as he's like the guy it's just that Scherzer just happened to have an even better season than mm-hmm. he did um and Urias I would I mean he's he's the new Bumgarner for me the the new playoff guy for me um wow. yeah I Why? think that what because what if what he was able to do last year out of a role that he didn't do very much you know he started he started a lot went to the bullpen and every time he went back and forth he never lost anything he was always really good um, and then in the playoffs to come in and finish, you know, game seven, the way he did or game six, whatever it was, um, it shows that it has no effect on him. So I'm, I'm looking at Urias going like complete game that game too. I wouldn't be surprised. You're calling it now. <laughs> I'm not calling a complete game. I'd say I wouldn't be surprised. I believe he's going to have a really, really good game. I think we're going to look back at the end of this playoffs, if the Dodgers go deep in the playoffs and say that Urias was a really, really big reason why that happened. Okay. Let's look at the starting pitching from the other side of things. Webb has been absolutely fan. I don't know how much you've been able to watch him this year. Not as much as I would have liked. I do know he hit a home run the last game of the season, which is awesome. So good for him. Cause you know, we probably won't be able to hit anymore as pitchers. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's good. But he's really out there because of his Pitcher. arm yeah. yeah yeah he had a phenomenal year uh and particularly when there were guys going down left and right in that rotation for several reasons he was the stabilizing force as a kid in his mid-20s and was fantastic and then kevin gossman you know it was funny because they picked up the qualifying offer on him last year and people were like what are you doing like that's yeah. 19 million dollars for that guy and all he did was have the best first half of his year of his career made the all-star team, hit a little bit of a dip the first month out of the break, and then seemed to regain his form. Um, and I think that game two matchup with he and Urias, if that's the way they end up going, could be sensational. Yeah. I did. What was, what was the last game that Gossman pitched? He pitched one of the last games of the season, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, sorry. I need to, I'm actually looking up the Giants starting pitching staff right now because i don't know it well enough well so it's, so it's gossman and webb and de sclafani and kind of cueto and alex wood yeah. so that's it so and then their bullpen has been unreal yeah i know that so they're i mean what's your rotation if you're them do you go do you go Webb first, mm-hmm. Gossman second, mm-hmm. Di Scalfani third, 
And then let's say you go to game four, you throw wood. But then, so who are you throwing game five? Are you throwing Webb again, probably? Yeah, you go back. Yeah, you, you have enough days off to where, I, I believe actually you have enough days off to decide between your games one and two starter. Okay, um, so is so is Cueto coming out of the pen, you think? I mean, it, it'd be fascinating, wouldn't it? It would be. But, I mean, if you have those other – well, in a seven-game series, things might have to change. Right. But, man, it's – okay, so – all right. <laughs> First game – dude, what if we have, like, a low-scoring series? This is – you know, this – we just aren't used to this anymore. I know, but here's the thing is that the Dodgers' offense did not light it up the last month of the year. No. They kind of limped to the finish line. You know, they had that huge come up from behind win the one night, you know, where they hit a bunch of homers, they end up winning the game. But that was about it as far as explosiveness down the stretch. And you you threw your best start of the year against them, did you not? I did, yeah. And um, when was that, like early September maybe right. or late August? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, I forgot they put – sorry, I forgot they got Scott Kasner, but he is IL, so he's not coming. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they're the Dodgers' offense is kind of in limbo because Bellinger hasn't been hitting the way they obviously want him to. Um, but he he did okay last night. He got that single and he walked. Um, Chris Taylor came through when you needed him. Max Muncy being gone is it really hurts them. Uh, are they going to play Albert Pujols against lefties? Yeah, but. I mean, the first three starters for the Giants are all righties. So this Pujols not going to play. Right. I mean, there. yeah. I don't well, know, man. Key? So because you had your most successful um, start of the season, what's the key when you're facing the Dodgers? Uh, the big thing for me was, honestly, I, th I think that they are a team that a lot of these really good lineups now don't see as many fastballs. Um, throughout the year they're they're getting breaking ball to death because that's the new way of pitching you throw your best pitch all the time you know so even starters are throwing you know 40 percent sliders because it's just their best pitch um, and so I actually went a little fastball heavy against them um, going fastball when you're ahead and count so when they're looking for off speed and you can use the fastball um, and it, it a little bit of pitching backwards a little bit of kind of giving them what they would actually hit if they weren't looking for anything. But as a team, you're eventually going to get to the point where you're like, we're getting breaking balls. If I get to a one, two count, I'm getting a slider. You know what I mean? Um, and that's why I think Justin Turner was able to hit that homer off of Wayno yesterday. Same idea where he was just sitting curveball. He was just going to, like if he threw in three fastballs, he would have maybe fouled one off. But other than that, he, he would have had a tough time. And that's, that's what Wayno did really well yesterday. I actually thought Wayno threw a lot less curveballs than I thought he was going to. But he's Wayno. So, of course, he did well because he's Adam Wainwright and he's the best. You, you got to face him this year, didn't you? Twice. Two starts in a row. Yeah. Um, that did not go well for Steve. That was not. That wasn't <laughs> it. He, uh, he struck me out once. Uh, he got a hit off me once. Um, it was – and he he dealt against us both times in a row. I mean, it was like eight innings, 
and seven innings both shut out, something like that. Did uh did he throw you the big old looping breaking ball? Yeah, he threw me four in a row. That's respect, brother. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. So so there used to be the idea of like you give pitchers fastballs, right? Because you just want to get them out. But nowadays it's like, dude, why would I do that? I'm just gonna throw him pitches that he's gonna swing and miss on and then send him back dug out and get my free punch out, you know? And it's not always free, but he did get me. And he threw me like a 71 mile hour curveball. I went and looked at it on the iPad afterwards. It had 3,000 spin. I mean, that's a lot. That's a very, at 71 miles an hour, 3,000 spin. The ball's moving like eight feet. It's ridiculous. It's unfair. He's good. Did you, did you tip, did you tip your cap on the way back or were you like, you motherfucker? I'm going to go ahead and guess that Adam Wainwright doesn't give a fuck about striking me out. So I'm not going to tip my cap to him because he's just going to be like, <laughs> What are you doing? Like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm 40 years old. I've been doing this for 15 years. You think I'm about, think about caring about striking out this pitcher? Come on, get out of here. So, of course, every company in the world wants to sell you something. But Greg Morris Cards actually wants to buy something from you, as in their old sports cards. Greg Morris wants to buy your old sports cards collection. So maybe you have a stuff that's hanging out in your attic or your basement or an old closet. Turn that old cardboard into cold, hard cash. So what is Greg Moore's buying? Any old baseball, basketball, football, hockey cards, anything that is vintage. That means pre-1980s. Anything older than that, pre-war cards, 1930s, tobacco cards, 19th century cards. If it looks old, Greg Morris definitely wants it. They're going to take modern cards as well, especially ones that have been graded by a third party like PSA, Beckett, etc. Also, uh, to find out more and to sell Greg Morris your sports cards collection, go to gregmorriscards.com, fill out the form there, and somebody will get back to you on how they can give you cash for your old sports cards. So go through your house right now. Go through those boxes. Turn those cards into cash today. Thanks to Greg Morris Sports Cards. We'll give our prediction of the Dodgers uh, giant series momentarily, but let's focus on the other series, which I think is fascinating as well. It might not be getting as much national play as the Dodgers against the giants, but the Braves and the Brewers, I think it's going the distance. Uh, what is the, the biggest headline for Steven Brault? I agree that it's going the distance. Um, my biggest headline is will the Brewers hit. That's, that's my number one. They're going to pitch. They're going to be really, really good. But the Braves are going to hit some, even though the Brewers starting pitching is so good. Um, I Honestly, I, so if we're talking about our one guy that's the most important, the boring one would be to say Christian Yelich because he has to hit. You know, we, they need some kind of old Christian Yelich to come back, kind of make a resurgence here mm -hmm. in this series. Um, but they signed I William want to stop Thomas. you there. Yeah. I want to stop you there. It's one of the big head scratchers. Like everybody focused on Bellinger. Christian Yelich has not been the same guy since 2019 either. You have seen him plenty. You've watched him a lot. He didn't even play against the Braves. He was banged up in their two series. What is the difference between the, the MVP-ish Yelich and the guy that we're seeing now? So uh, without trying to sound like I know everything, and this is my hypothesis, um, so he's a, he's not a big guy, you know, he's not small. He's like six, three and like 200 pounds, but he's skinny. Um, he's wiry strong and he uses his entire body. He swings like him and Acuna while having different swings 
approach hitting the same way, which is all of mobility and flexibility. So you can see them that when their hips are all the way open because they've started their swing, they're the top of their body is still completely not facing the pitcher yet. So they're so good at that, what we call the kinetic chain that it's like hips and then shoulders and then the hands come through. And the more you can separate those movements, the faster your bat can be. So like Yelich and Acuna, Acuna can hit, you know, literally 500 feet home runs this, with his size. He's not a very big guy either, all because of this extremely efficient body movement they have. So Christian Yelich did that. He did the same thing. And then he had that bad knee injury and he hasn't been the same since. And to me, that sounds like there's just a little, like something a little bit off because everything has to be so perfect for that to work so well, because so much of it is timing. Um, but that's my theory. I don't think there's anything wrong in his head. I don't think that he's actually worse. I think that it's been something where his knee while it may feel good, it's just not quite the same. Um, do I think that he can still do it? Absolutely. And he shows that he can do it every now and then. He just hasn't been like we're talking about the same, the same hitter. So I'll be interested to see, you know, Yelich, but, but he's not my key. Adamas is my key. Hmm. They traded for Adamas to fill out their lineup, to be an RBI guy, to hit home runs, do all that stuff. And he did it. I mean, he came over and even, I would say, outperformed expectations of what he could be, you know, when given a big spot in a lineup. And it's whether or not he continues doing the playoffs for me. I think he's their guy. That's he's also their think. spirit monster. I mean, he yeah. came over and he's got a big personality. Sometimes when you get traded, you want to take a back seat. And he told us he was on the Rose rotation with Tyler Glass now. And he was like, yeah. I started feeling myself around here the first few days and people were like, bro, just be yourself, just be yourself. And he's a guy that loves baseball and has a big smile and a big presence. And he has made a huge difference for that team. There's no question. Yeah. What about um, you? What do you got? Well, I would agree with you because the Brewers all year, boy, in the beginning of the first two months, they were one of the worst teams in terms of batting average. And still they were kicking everybody's ass because of the pitching. Um, I'm fascinated that the Braves decided to start Charlie Morton in game one and not Max Freed. I thought Max Freed was, might've been the best pitcher in baseball the last six weeks. I don't, I don't get that. You know, I, I, I think that's, that's what I would have done. Charlie Morton's got crazy experience in the playoffs and he's really good. He's also just in I general, I mean, he, I guess this is the way I would put it. If we go to a game five, I want Morton pitching game five. So I would start Morton game one so that he could definitely pitch game five. Well, like I said, I think because of the spacing out, you'll have your choice of Freed or Morton in yeah. game five if it goes that distance. And you don't you have to use one of those. You know, you don't have to use Charlie Morton in game four, let's say. If you're down two to one, you might have to go that direction. Um, mm -hmm. I, here's the other thing. If I'm a Braves fan, it scares the hell out of me if we've got a 5-4 lead in the ninth, and here comes Will Smith. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, I mean, he's – it's weird because, let's see, 
the Dodgers have Jansen. The Brewers have Hader. The Giants. Who do the who is the closer for the Giants? Well, it's it's all over the place right now. They got the youngster yeah. that that actually Plouffe did a, a sequence on, and he, it, yeah, he's been getting the closing opportunities down the stretch. I'll be curious to see if it's him or one of the more veteran guys, or if they kind of go matchup, which they've been known to do. Yeah, but the Braves they give the ball to Will Smith, whether you like it or you don't. Hey, did uh, did Sean Newcomb come back up for the playoffs? You know what? It's a good question. I know he got sent down late. Yeah, he got so sent I, down, and they... I don't know where they are with him. I don't this know, but I is for. Yeah, but I also um, even without Devin Williams, I, I think a guy like Adrian Hauser could come fill that eighth inning role. You know, once again, you don't need four starters necessarily. You definitely don't need five. Right. So if they wanted to start Lauer in game four, you know, after throwing out that three-headed monster of Burns and, you know, Woodruff and Peralta. Yeah. And that's, that, that three is I – th- I think the pitching matchups are great. I really do. Those starting the matchups. It's going to, that's going to be, I mean, that's the story. So when we know that the story is the starting pitching, then it becomes not the story anymore. The story becomes who's going to actually be able to do something about it mm-hmm. with the Braves. So mm-hmm. the Braves and opera, he they didn't bring him back up. Oh, surprised. Um, so, and then you've got with the Braves missing Acuna. Um, that obviously hurts. But they still hit pretty well. Um, Darno, Freddie Freeman, obviously Ozzy and Austin Riley both had really good years. Dansby had a really good year. They're going to hit home runs. But I always say this: home runs. Being a home run hitting team in the playoffs is like being a three point team, three point shooting team in the NBA in the playoffs. You either get hot and you dominate, or you get cold and you got no shot. And that's kind of what happened to the Yankees in their wild card game. And you certainly can't make base the outs on the bases. Holy nope. smokes. You can't believe you that. sent him there. I it was oh. blew my mind. Yeah. I, I'm with you a thousand percent on it. Not hey, if it's three three, I send him. If it's you're down three one in the sixth inning, you better damn well make sure that there's they got no shot of getting him. Zero. I feel like we're not talking about enough either that Stan hit two singles off the wall because he didn't run out of the box on either one. Two. He did it twice. I I tweeted it. I said that Giancarlo Stanton is leading the playoffs in singles hit that he thought were homers. Yeah, that was bad. That was. I mean, that like those are the things. Like Acuna got benched for that. Remember a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. like you're not going to bench Stanton, obviously, and obviously not in the playoffs. But like twice. The only reason he got second the second time was because of the throw. Where if he's going to second, there's a chance that they go to second to get the sure out. That's a great point. I haven't heard anybody bring that up. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're getting, you know, if you can get the second out for sure, because Stan's running to second, he's out in the middle. You never know. They might have, they might've made that choice because you needed a perfect relay to get judge out. Perfect. I mean, you just need, you need to make the throw to the catcher in the air, which major league baseball players are going to do. Um, right, but yeah, dude, uh, that's just it happened twice, and like that just can't happen. 
especially once you do it once that second homer better be like 800 feet for you to pimp it in my opinion and then he definitely ran on the third one because that one didn't look like a homer right that's yeah, whatever but then he actually went out who knew those are all good points but let's Thanks. get back to the braves and the brewers shall yeah, we yeah 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 so we've talked about the starting pitching uh like the Braves can match up with them, right? I mean, Morton, Freed, and Anderson. How how much of a disparity is there between the starting staffs? I mean, if you're talking, I'm. I would match Freed and Burns. I would match Morton and Woodruff, and I would match Anderson and Hauser. I think that's pretty pretty even, right? What about per, what about Peralta? No, that's this is my point. I'm matching Ian and how Ian Anderson and Hauser. Oh, okay. And, and now it. you're getting Waskar, Yanoa, and Drew Smiley, and the Brewers have Freddie Peralta and Fred Anderson, who's just been good. You know, Drew Smiley signed for eleven million dollars and has like a six. Is he going to pitch in the playoffs? I mean, do you pitch him or do you pitch Yanoa? And you know, if you have to in Game Four, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. That's tough. That's tough. The Brewers, the Brewers, I would say the Brewers have the edge on the starting rotation, but they're both very good. Yeah. I, I think you're you're you bring up a great point about the Brewers, whether or not they're going to hit enough. Because I look at the Braves and that starting infield, boy, did it have an amazing year. And if you just break it down in the six games that they played against the Brewers, they all had an OPS of at least 850. So they all did some serious damage against Brewers pitching. So does that continue? It was funny because I remember a bunch of years ago, Freddie Freeman used to talk about hating how much he hated hitting in Milwaukee. It was like the lighting sucks. I can't see the ball, but his numbers were fantastic. We were, like, <laughs> we were always like, Freddie, why are you saying that you can't hit there? Cause you, you kill the ball there. He's like, I, I know, but I just don't like hitting there. I was like, well, but you do. Well, you do. No, but you do. Um, well, okay. So all those guys probably have around 850 OPS is over the year, right? Or higher. Higher. Okay. Way so higher. Actually, they all... So actually against Brewers has been their worst <laughs> and it's that good. Right. That's so funny. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's insane. That infield played so well this year. You get, yeah. I mean, Dansby, they all hit 30. Amazing. Yeah. Freddie Freeman, who you just know is going to hit. Ozzy Albies is going to hit. Tansby Swanson is going to hit home runs, you know, every now and then, and he'll, he, he's been good in the playoffs too. Um, yeah. And Austin Riley, Austin Riley came into his own big time this year. Yep. That was cool to see. Uh, and then I like Adam Duvall, you know, the only thing is their center fielder is now, you know, Heredia and, um, and, but he's solid. Like he's a solid eight hitter. He's just not a Cunha, obviously. No, but here's no. here's something that I I brought up the other day. The Braves did not. I wouldn't say the Braves won their way to the playoffs. I would say the Phillies lost their way out of the playoffs. Okay, so I don't know if the Braves are necessarily in the same spot, but but here to the Brewers because the Brewers got beat up by the Dodgers. Yeah, they got beat up at, at a time where they knew where they were locked in. They were locked in as the two seed the game you know they're 
making sure guys are healthy. They're probably staying away from certain guys. All yeah. that sort of stuff could, and every it meant everything to the Dodgers still to try and win That's that true. way so that they didn't. I always look at late season series where one team's playing for everything and the other team's playing for just make sure we get to the playoffs okay. I don't take much from it personally. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. No, that's fair. I just, I just don't, it, it seemed to me like the Phillies kind of more fell off than the Braves really like took off. If that makes sense. So. Yeah. I, I, listen, they, they, that was a horrible division. There were a lot of misfit teams there. And I think the Braves, I, but I give them a hell of a lot of credit when you lose one of the top players in baseball and a great young pitcher in Soroka who they were expecting to have for the second half of the year, and it didn't work out. And then you bring in a bunch of new faces, particularly in the outfield with Duvall and Soler and Peterson. You know, they believed in themselves, and now they're here. Fuck it. Yeah. They're here. They made it. We'll see what they yeah. got. All right. Uh, uh, let's Phillies. quickly give some predictions here. What do you got in the Brewers-Brave series? Give me a winner. I'm going to go – oh, God, this is the worst. Um I'm going to go Brewers. I'm going to go Brewers. I, I think that they're starting pitching. If it comes through, will be more important. I think because if their starting pitching comes through, they will win. If it doesn't, then the, and the Braves are able to put up some runs. I don't, I don't know if it'll be able, if they'll be able to do it, but I have more faith in the Brewers starters than I do in the Braves lineup. And who will the Milwaukee Brewers be facing in the National League Championship Series? I hate I hate saying this because I wish I want I wish I thought the Giants were going to win. I just I just think the Dodgers are going to win, and I I hope I'm wrong. I really do. What about you? What do you got? I give my predictions on baseball today with Trevor Plouffe as far as who's <sighs> going to win those. Unbelievable. Tune in. Tune in next time. Actually, this will be out right right along with baseball today. So I'll give them to you. I have got the Brewers facing the Giants in part because I thought the Cardinals were winning the playoff game, the one game playoff. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't think the Cardinals had any shot. So I'm going to stick with the Giants. I, I, I didn't laugh at them, but I was like two months into the year. I was like, boy, Farhan's going to be able to trade all these guys because they've all built up some nice trade value. He's going to get a better prospect in return. And they just kept winning and kept winning and kept winning. And all my Giants friends were like, when are you going to give them credit? And so in July, I was like, they're good. They're good. They're going to add somebody. So they're, here they are. Here they are, man. They, it was just, it is wild to think that the Giants never slowed down. Never. Even when the Dodgers did their their the Dodgers did the Dodger thing where they just start winning all of their games, the Giants were like, right. "Okay, we'll just do the same thing." I think the Giants won sixty percent of their games every month of the year. You know how hard that is. That's so cool. That's going. I mean, you're going almost two out of three in every series you play. It's ridiculous. Would you like to spin the wheel of moderately interesting things before we get out of here? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Did you? All right, here we go. I think it's got some oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, sure. On... Yeah, well, all right. Hopefully it lands on a category you haven't had before. And if it doesn't, you just move it. Right. I don't think you've done this one. You're in trouble. 
the most trouble you ever got in with your parents? Oh, no, I definitely did that because that was when I admitted oh. to uh, slapping a girl in fourth grade. That was my yeah. my my worst moment. That was bad. Oh, here we go. You haven't done this one. Five Ring Circus. What, what Olympic sport would you be best at? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. Like any Besides Olympic baseball. sport? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's, any Olympic let's, sport? Let's take baseball out of this one. Of course. Um, oh, man. <sighs> I Karaoke think... is not a sport, by the way. No, it's it's not. You know what, you know what sport I, I would love to do that I did once? I would have to train a lot for it. But I loved the relay. And I, I don't know if I'm necessarily, I'm not like fast enough, but give me like six months and I could get some good speed back. I would not be able to compete against Olympians by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. But that was pretty fun. And the other one that I want to do because it's purely um, like endurance is that power walking competition. I, I, I <laughs> Dude, power walking is insane. I cannot imagine power walking for any more than like 15 seconds but if it was just this is the olympics and you have to do it i i think uh i think maybe i'd be able to do that would you put a fanny pack on to compete you have to in the absolutely. power absolutely yeah. yeah fanny like pack part of the uniform yeah because then you can the beauty of power walking is that you can actually access the fanny pack during the event so you got a water bottle in there maybe like some sunscreen if it starts getting too hot you know you can actually how funny is that there's an event in the Olympics where you can actually use your fanny pack during the event love it but at what point does does power walking cross over into jogging and who is stopping somebody from making that crossover okay so the the rules of power walking and that one foot has to be on the ground at all times that's what power walking is so when you jog you know there's time when both your feet are off the ground when you're taking your Not the way I jog well, you didn't, then you're power walking. <laughs> That's really what it is. That's why they, they have no bounce and everything, because everything has to be side to side. All their energy is side to side because they have to keep the one foot on the ground. It's a lot of hip swinging. I think we ought to start turning this into more, more speed skating ideas where we have the power walkers sifting through the cones, like Ooh, slaloming no. through cones as well. So we could really take power walking to an entirely different category if we wanted to yeah and we could like uh, turn it into like a wipeout course there's like people <laughs> shooting like rubber balls at them <laughs> Ooh, power walking on a balance beam see now we're now we're getting somewhere i mean who wouldn't tune in for this stuff this isn't the stuff they would put on like msnbc this would be primetime nbc sort of shit yeah like hey they're gonna be power walking on tiny little ramps with water five feet below them on both sides and people are shooting giant rubber ball like four square balls at them and gators oh, in the we don't water want them to, oh god we don't Why? want them to die but they'll be they'll be toothless gators we'll take their teeth out <laughs> they just gotta hold on to them they just yeah, getting gum to death <laughs> gum them to death <laughs> Oh, now I'm man, not the... doing power walking as an event. We really took this the wrong direction. We did. Now we're just doing like barbaric events, like going back to the Roman times. Yeah, people will yeah. die. Tune in. <laughs>
Anything for a ratings point, Stephen? Yeah, well, I get it. I get it. All right. So listen, I'm going to be doing uh, hopefully a uh, a Rose Rotation Smorgasbord Extravaganza for the World Series, where I do a preview show and I have a bunch of you guys on. What Ooh, do you think? Love that. I love it. Let's do it. All right, good. Well, hopefully your car and your computer get to, to San Diego by then. I mean, if they don't, we have, I mean, something happened and that would be a problem because, uh-huh. um, yeah, these truck, these shipping companies, you know, they ship the cars. It's like the shadiest business. The worst. It really is. They totally yeah. rip you off. It, anything having to do with cars, I am convinced, sucks. Buying a car stinks. Leasing a car stinks. Yep. When you get your car fixed, it stinks. There isn't anything good about <laughs> the car business, except finally being able to drive your car. Yeah. And that's just well, so, That's it. What, kind, what type of car do you have? I have a Mercedes E350. It's nice. I bought it for oh. myself last year. I treated myself, yeah. I've never had Hell anything yes, nice you before. Did. I, bought a, uh, I bought a truck. Like when I first got into um, the major leagues, that was like plain black Chevy Colorado. It was just solid mid-size truck, literally nothing fancy about it at all. Um, so I decided that, you know, I wanted to treat myself a little bit. So I got a nice Hell car. yes. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Let's go. We're <laughs> eligible. Let's do it. Yeah. In. All right. Didn't you give the truck to your brother, by the way? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Went to uh, went to my other brother's softball game last night. Actually, dude, there are people. It's so pitch softball. These grown men hitting balls like literally four hundred feet. It's absolutely bananas how far these guys can hit softballs. You're not playing, right? No, I just go watch and drink beer. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. How's your brother? What's the scouting report on your brother? Uh, well, he's hitting like seven eighty on the year. And, uh, and he hits, the, it's the worst. He's like, he has a lot of power and can do it when he wants to, but he usually just, he just hits the ball where they're not. Cause the outfielders have to play so deep cause there's no fence. Right. So like the outfielders have to play 360 feet away. And so he just hits line driving the gaps and hustle doubles for days. Good enough. Yeah. Good enough. All right. Steven, as always, it's great catching up. We'll hopefully talk to you during the World Series. Enjoy your first few weeks of rest and rehab. Uh, the baseball kind, not the other kind. Yeah, and, uh, the other kind is later. That's later. That's later in the offseason. We'll get to that maybe by December, starting yeah. the year's resolution or something. You got you to gotta freshen up before the season starts, you know? For our producer, editor extraordinaire, Robbie Scirocco, and our buddy, Stephen Brault, I'm Chris Rose. We'll see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.